0: Hi everybody, welcome back to the Perchip Podcast. Joining me today is Jenny Smith. Now Jenny can only be described as a super duper networker. Jenny, how are you doing? Welcome to the podcast.
1: I'm good, thanks, Carl. That was a lovely introduction.
0: You know, I was I was practicing like a really lengthy intro, and I goes just to summarise, Jenny, it's just a super duper networker. <laughs>
1: I've never had, I've never been described as that before, but I take it. I love it. Super duper networker.
0: Uh, There you go. There's my testimonial for yourself. (laughs) I'll
1: put it on my website. Jobs are good.
0: So yeah, Jenny, thank you for joining me on the podcast. Do you want to tell the people watching a bit more about yourself and a bit more about NetNo?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, thanks for having us, Carl. So yeah, my name is Jenny Smith. I'm a networking strategist and founder of NetNo. And NetNo launched in April 2020. So literally as the world stopped networking, I launched a business to teach people how to network, essentially. Um, So I'm like passionate about what networking can do for people, what it does for businesses, um, for innovation, for career progression, for for the world. Um, So I teach networking skills and create networking strategies. And yeah, absolutely. It was the weirdest time, I think, to have possibly launched a business to do that. But it's ended up being fantastic. And um, yeah, it's been a really good, good year in a little bit.
0: Yeah. So, do you think it's um, so did you have this idea before the pandemic? I'm guessing yeah. you
1: did. Yeah. So I was on maternity leave um from my previous job and decided that I did want to go back to being self-employed to start in a business. And networking is what I love. It's what I've always loved. I've been doing it on and off professionally for about 15 years across the UK in different contexts. Um, and I. From about two years previous, I created this um, networking ecosystem in my head, basically, from experience, attending events, hosting events. I was a full-time networker for a while. And it's how I kind of navigated the world of networking in my mind. And a few years previous, I drew it at at the role, at the company I was working for. And I was encouraged to go and kind of explore it as as a hypothesis. So i took it to durham university and they ended up doing two rounds of academic research into the ecosystem over a two-year period which really kind of spurred me on i think to to go back to networking to what i love at the time i was working in tech which was brilliant and um, i was supporting tech companies working for sutherland software city and um i learned a lot there but networking was always what i was really passionate about and i wanted to kind of share this ecosystem with the world and help people get more from networking by being strategic in their approach. So that's kind of, as well as teaching the networking skills in general, like how to network, you know, from everything from getting in and out of a conversation, getting, um, how to like convert new relationships and nurture them and all that stuff. But really, I really want businesses to take networking as seriously as they would any other marketing function. And this ecosystem is really allowing me to help businesses to do that.
0: That's a brilliant story. And obviously, networking, everyone thinks are in-person chats and things. Yeah. But with the pandemic, it's have you had to pivot slightly the way you do it? Has it become easier? Has it become harder? What sort of the what's been going
1: on there so yeah massively had to pivot like most people so i was on maternity leave when i decided to launch the business around christmas time and and my husband took over parental leave literally the week that lockdown happened so i suddenly had you know my husband dave david took over looking after our little the little one and i suddenly had this new business that I was going to be starting that I just couldn't do anymore because I had stuff booked in the diary where I'd be delivering networking training in person, doing, I do quite a bit with different universities and things. Everything got cancelled. So literally overnight, my entire business model was gone. So I had seven weeks childcare free where I really had to massively pivot the business. And um, I like I'll always say, like I pulled pulled up my big girl pants and I cracked on and basically um, looked at what I could be doing online. So invested in some software to be able to pre-record content and learn how to edit. So up, upskilled myself in that area so that I could start putting out content to support people. Because I think even though they couldn't network in person, we needed networking more than ever. And it was really highlighted the value and how important having a strong network was when lockdown hit. And because we couldn't do it the way we traditionally would, obviously we had to then go online. So um, that's when I launched, I created my first online course. So I did an Udemy course um, that's online that anyone in the world can um pay for and, and learn how to network remotely. So it's learning how to network through Zoom or other platforms that are out there, how to build relationships remotely, because it's very different. So I was able to, I was lucky that I was able to take that time. It was almost good that I hadn't started the business yet. I was literally about to. So instead of getting like so far down the line and then having to come back and change everything, I was able to change everything from the get go and behind the scenes, I guess, and help people network in a very different way, but one I think that's gonna it's gonna continue definitely moving forward. It's time and cost efficient for people. Geography is not an issue anymore. You can network with anyone in the world. We're all used to the tech now. So it's a lot easier to get people to, you know, have a have a call or go to a networking event virtually. But there's not it's not the same, obviously, as in person. And now that the world is starting to open up again, I'm excited to now be able to do all the stuff that I'd originally planned, but it's going to be better than I'd originally planned because I've got a year's experience behind me now.
0: I love that that pivot story. I think the ones that really come out with this looking good are the ones that could have that switch during the pandemic. It's like, okay, I want to do this. I can't, but I'll do this instead. And it's really worked out well for yourself. And going back on the... uh, sort of teaching networking through zoom and things Mm -hmm. um i've been involved with some pre-accelerators for startups Mm -hmm. and there's like little things like when you're pitching look at the camera instead of looking at the at the screen so it's little things like that that you pick up along the way is there anything that you found yourself doing um through video calls that you would never do like in person is it like
1: the hands this is the thing right so usually when i'm delivering i'll like stand up and like, I'm just, you know, we're chatting today, so I'm sat down I'm, you know, but when I'm pre-recording stuff, I'm stood up. But because you only see this area, I'll be very, I'll use my hands a lot when I speak, but I have to do it like a T-Rex. Like I'm up here, whereas obviously in person, you like talk like this and your hands are like that. So it there's lots of little kind of mannerisms, I think that have developed over the last year that I hope when I go networking and like deliver... In that, like in person again I don't stand at the front like this like to people um but yeah lots of little things like you say looking at the camera or making sure you go back to the camera when you when you're chatting and um, a friend I'm lucky to work with there's a guy called uh, Duncan Yellowlees who's amazing he does a lot of um pictures together so I get to like learn all of his amazing hints and tips and stuff about like lighting and things like that he's fab so I've taken a lot from him
0: yeah, for me it I have been speaking more with my hands, which is weird because I'm naturally introverted. So I was like this this podcast like put me straight out of my comfort zone. Yeah. So I, I would just be like speaking like this and there would be no movement. But um I think the, the penny drop for me that I was more animated when doing podcasts is when I had the microphone on a boom arm. Yeah. I'm doing this and I've, I've slapped it <laughs> and it flew away. I'm like, oh, you know. <laughs> uh,
1: and you realise, oh, I am quite, quite out, uh, yeah. out there, which is fab though. But th- that's really good. That's really interesting from your perspective, though, that you potentially wouldn't have done something like this, maybe if it was live or in front of an audience. But because it's through the screen and it's a one to one, which is introverts tend to prefer anyway then it'll hopefully will build up confidence in other areas to make you then maybe you know push yourself and do other things or you know you, just the fact that you put yourself out there's brilliant
0: yeah yeah like like yourself perch it was um that first week of lockdown so we've got that link as well oh, um yeah. so i missed the whole networking for the business because obviously we couldn't yeah. so it was yeah. all online so yeah, through the podcast and through like the pre-accelerator that I mentioned, it's just allowed me to build that confidence and stuff, which, yeah, I knew I, I had a bit of confidence. I knew I was introverted, but it's like, I feel a bit comfortable now, but less about me. This is all about you. No, um,
1: I'm about you. <laughs> it's good to learn.
0: <laughs> so the name, I always ask about name. I'm curious about names. I'm weird like that. Mm-hmm. How did you come up with the name and, and why?
1: So originally when I launched it, uh, the company, well, it wasn't a company. It was just me as a sole trader, but I wanted to separate it. So I gave it its own brand identity, which to be fair, was pretty rubbish. I did it myself on Canva when I had like a six month old baby napping next to us. And I was like, oh, I'll create a logo. Um, but anyway, no, it did, it did me well. And I'll always be fond of it. But it was called Networking Know Who to begin it to begin with. So the idea was that um, obviously networking, it, just what it says on the tin. It's good for um, SEO, and for being found and stuff. And then the know who idea. It was K N O W H O, and so it was like you should know who to network with. And but also it kind of played into like the net know like know who know how kind of thing. And um, so it was a bit of a play on that. Um, but then I, the company I ended up registering as a as a limited biz company at the beginning of this year. Um as i started um building the new tech platform um which i'll talk about in a bit but the name then i it was time for a rebrand it, t- it was time for the business to grow up a little bit so as well as building the, the platform an amazing uh northeast company called lives did a complete rebrand for me and it's like it's a proper grown-up brand now i love it so the networking know who has now become net So it's really condensed it into one really, it's a very, I think a strong brand, but under that top brand, there's now two sub brands. So there's Net Know How, which is how to network, which is all the training I do, the online courses, that kind of thing. And then Net Know Who, which is who you should be networking with, which is the strategy development consultancy, but also the the SaaS platform as well. So there's the overarching brand of Net Know, And then the two under it and the idea with the logo which you might like is that um so you've got the net note and then when you've got either who or how underneath it's written in like as if someone's the idea is that it's like a name badge at a networking event and someone's written their name on there so it's a bit more like personable um so it's techie but with a personal touch
0: i do like it i I have looked at your website and the touches of like the handwritten font makes it very personal it does yeah it's very lovely Uh, so let's talk about the platform that you've built. Um, what is it? Who's it aimed for? And you know, how was that whole process of building that platform?
1: Oh, that was a fun process. So the idea came about, it came about at the same time when I was like planning on starting the business, to be honest, but I always thought that the platform would be something a lot further down the line. Um, but because, because the first year has been so good and, um, you know, I kind of, it's all exciting. And I was like, right, I'm going to reinvest and really build an MVP of the platform that I I imagine envisage it is in the future. So um, at the end of last year, so the end of 2020, um, wrote a functional specification for the platform with some help from a great friend of mine called Chris from Throneware. And um, the functional spec allowed me to then get quoting obviously pick a provider ended up working with layers who are brilliant who like I said, did the brand as well, but the platform essentially it's an event listings of all the networking events that are available in the Northeast. So that's free for everyone to use and people can go there and just find out what events are available because they're all over the place. And I mean, there's at any one time, there's about 200 events that are live on there with over, well, there's over a hundred hosts. Um, which not all obviously currently are hosting events, but that's how many there are in the Northeast alone. So there's so many networking opportunities going on. I wanted to bring them into one place so it's easier for people to find out what's available so they don't miss out on opportunities essentially. Um, But the platform, the website is free to use. However, there's an option for people to subscribe to it. And if they wanna subscribe, they create a little profile, answer a questionnaire, uh, that questionnaire comes through to me, and based on their answers, I can then in the platform create a unique networking strategy for them. So that when they next log in, the platform they can look at all the, webs- uh, the events that are available if they want. But the platform will recommend which events are coming up that are going to be the most appropriate for them based on their target market, their objectives, their price point, who they want to engage with. And um, so it's having it gives people their own their own networking strategy that's ever evolving because there's always new events being published. There's always new events coming out. So it means that they can just go there. They know the events that they're attending are the right ones for them and they're not wasting time searching for events and they're not wasting time going to the wrong ones either. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, sounds brilliant. And I like, again, the personal touch. Someone makes a questionnaire, but it comes to you. It doesn't come Maybe, to us. yeah. When it yeah. comes to a fancy bot that chews it round and throws it back at you, it's it's no. coming to a real person.
1: Well, there's two reasons for that. One, it would have been super expensive for me to build that, and this is an MVP. Second, though, um, and I think more importantly, is because I know all the events that are going on and I know the hosts, there's little, there's little things that I can pick up on that come from my 15 years experience that, to teach AI would take a very long time to do. It is doable and it's something I do want to do in the future, it's part of a longer term growth plan. However, for now, it's very much, it it is me in the background and I think that that adds to it and it's something, it's that mixture again of tech and personal, which I think networking is in general, it's a mixture of people and using the tech to support people rather than letting the tech take over.
0: Yeah, and what I like about that, and we've learned ourselves a purchase is you know these things are expensive. So if you can have human elements along the way that still deliver a good service, but also keeps you like your costs yeah, costs
1: down a lot. Yeah, happy days.
0: I think it's a win-win for yourself and and the clients really.
1: Yeah, exactly. Hopefully, I
0: no, think I think it I think it's, it will be. I, I just like that human element of things. It's like I, I, like chatbots. I I don't like chatbot, yeah, I
1: like to speak to somebody. <laughs> I do, I like to speak to a human, I'm the same. And especially in, you know, with what I do, which is all about networking and helping people to really connect with each other and build connections, not just, you know, numbers or acquaintances on, you know, how many social media followers you've got. That's all, What that's amazing, but how many of them do you actually know and how many do you know you? Um, and that, it's that human element that's missing and that's something that i'm really passionate about and um i think it's something that's needed as well definitely
0: i agree but jenny i want to go right back to the very start of your your business career
1: oh it's a long time ago
0: when did it start what was the job
1: (laughs) Mm. to be honest networking so uh, if it's going back to like my first ever job job was when I was 16 selling trains and JD, but my first like grown up thing. So I went to uni in Liverpool, absolutely loved it. And felt that's when I fell into networking. When I was in my second year, I did some voluntary work at a CGI and animation company, which I t- still don't really understand what they do, but they're lush. Anyway, um, John who owns it, took us along to a networking event and it genuinely scared the bejesus out of us. I hid in the bathroom most of the night, like, just oh it was just terrifying anyway no one prepares you to that well they they didn't this is why i'm preparing people anyway um ended up doing more networking and eventually fell in love with it and what it what it meant and the people that it gave me access to and to learn from and find out about and all these different businesses that they ran and places they'd been and experiences they had and i think you know being young at the time it was just amazing and absolutely invaluable and I did some more voluntary work in my third year, carried on networking when I graduated, got a job because of networking. And then a year after graduating, I launched my first business. And this was me being a full-time networker in Liverpool on behalf of lots of different people who either didn't like networking or couldn't afford to employ someone to do it as part of their role. So I would take on a client, only one from each industry, Get to know them. Do like a corporate analysis of their business. Understand product services, target market, um, you know everything really. Their company culture. And then I would go out to like five six events a day, um, Monday to Friday. I know it was gangster. I didn't play, pay for like food or wine for a year. Um, it was brilliant. And the more the more you go networking, the more invitations to other events you get that aren't necessarily accessible. So I was able to on behalf of my clients get into networking situations, like international tennis tournaments and, you know, restaurant launches and all kinds of different stuff that weren't like networking events. You couldn't book on an event right, but they were networking situations. So it worked well, it was good, it was a lot of fun. It was hard. I made loads of mistakes, my word. When I think back to it, I was like, yeah, I was just young and naive. And, and at the time I was just having, I had a great time. I got to go to all these amazing events and meet all these people. and and help others at the same time which i loved but after a year i didn't want to speak to anyone i wanted to lock myself in a dark room and (laughs) and cry um so i ended up moving back to cumbria to carlisle where i'm from originally tried to get a normal job but realized that i wasn't really like that wasn't my cup of tea so i took what i'd learned from attending events and launched my second business which was hosting events So I started a networking organization that was membership-based. So businesses would pay an annual membership fee and I would host four events every month. Um, That company was called May 15 and it launched on my birthday. I got to have a party every year and that was great. Um, And again, learned a lot. It was really, it was difficult at the time. Networking wasn't part of the culture, really. It was, they did network, everyone networked. They just didn't go to events to do it. They just knew each other. So it took a bit of a while to kind of get businesses to realize like the benefits of actually paying and then coming to actual networking events. So there was a bit of education, a bit of you know knocking on a lot of doors and a lot of work. But after, after, after the first year, it got a bit easier and better. And by the end I had like an awards evening that I did um, and it was brilliant. And then I fell in love with a boy as you do <laughs> and ended up in the Northeast. And we've been married five years, so it was, it was the right thing to do. Um, and yeah, and you know, worked over here and I've been over here now, like six, seven years, I think. And I absolutely adore the Northeast. It's just got, for me, I think it's got, it's got everything. It's got, you know, you've got the history, you've got the culture, the scenery, the seaside, you've got everything. It's just beautiful. So, um, and the businesses over here are amazing. It's somewhere that I think is really inspirational for entrepreneurs. So um, I've really settled, settled here. I do absolutely love it. I can't even remember what the question was now, Carl. I've just gone off on a tangent talking about the scenery and stuff.
0: You, you've answered it perfectly. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I've got a, a bit of an oddball question. Is do it. Um, you, you know you've been doing this for a while now. You've probably been handed so many many business cards. Yeah. My question is, do you keep them in a box? Do you keep them in a nice binder? (laughs) Or do you keep all these business cards?
1: (laughs) At one point, I had this little Filofax thing. Like, a little, like, had little mini drawers. And it was, like, a little Filofax. And I used it for maybe two weeks and then got bored of, like, trying to organise them. Um, At another stage, I had giant margarita glass that was, like, it held, like, 60 litres, I think. It was huge. And I bought that for the launch event where I filled it with, like, cocktail and then had ladles hanging off it and that was fun i feel that how you has to have business cards in but to be fair now it's been that long i've no one has them anymore and i've just got a new business card let's show you this look at this this is
0: bamboo
1: oh bamboo and i got the bamboo one it's got a qr card on the back basically it's um It's got a link tree in it that you can... Because it's it's got all my social media and everything. So basically, instead of having to buy business cards that you give away because of COVID, I thought this would be... It's contactless. It gets all my details in someone's phone. And I got the bamboo one because it's sustainable and they plant a tree when you buy a bamboo one. So I was like, oh, I like that.
0: But they accidentally
1: accidentally sent me a plastic one as well. So I do have a plastic one as well. Um, I don't work for them or anything, but they look nice though. Don't they So yeah, so moving forward, I don't know if business cards are gonna be a thing, Carl. Who
0: That's knows? True. I know when I joined uh New Gen, they had loads of business cards in a fishbowl. Uh oh. <laughs> and then when we moved, they ended up in a biscuit tin in the cupboard. So <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. The two are like it once a really good habit I got into quite early was when I did get a business card. Email that person and just a little nice to meet you. And then it means that you get your contact details in their inbox, which they can't lose. They can lose your card, but they can't lose that. But it also means that you can't lose their details either. So you don't really have to worry about the cards after that if you yes. do lose it or if it ends up in a biscuit box. <laughs> Sorry.
0: Sorry everybody. <laughs> <laughs> the biscuits were good though. <laughs> uh yeah, it's um yeah, I think we are moving away from the business card sort of thing. I think everyone you know, myself's got a link tree. I think everyone's gonna to move to them sort of platforms. Mm-hmm. Really good. So Jenny, has there been any um, standout challenges along the way throughout your career?
1: Global pandemic was fun. Um, yeah, that was interesting. Um, I think a big, a big challenge I think is for me, it's feeling, it's, I've always kind of felt like, right, I need to have a voice. And I always feel like I think this is probably why one day I'd love to do my PhD, a PhD, or you know, just to 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 have that voice to be heard and be taken seriously, especially as someone who I don't I don't wear suits. I'm like bright colours, and I'm I'm very enthusiastic about stuff and life, and especially networking. And I think that can come across sometimes as. Um, maybe not being so intelligent. Um, So I think one of my like personal challenges is to get people to see past that. I'm not gonna change who I am, but it's very much to, to help people see past that. And I kind of, I'm trying to do that anyway by putting my money where my mouth is and just doing it essentially and proving by, you know, getting out there Getting an MVP launched within a year of launching a business, getting a SaaS model out there. Um, you know, I, I, last week um, got um, named as a finalist for the Great British Entrepreneur Awards, which is brilliant. So, things like that, I'm trying to like show that I know what I'm doing and that I'm good at this. And more importantly, that networking as an industry needs to be taken seriously. And that's kind of my big barrier, my big thing. And um, I'm working with a lot of people in academia um, to support them in their networking activities. But I also have got a really strong passion to have networking taught in schools um, from, I mean, I've been doing some videos recently for um, age like 14, 15 year old students to help them with their social skills, but through networking skills, it's the same thing essentially. Um, because they need it, they need the help. We're so reliant on communicating through technology, especially after a year of being locked away, that young people struggle with communicating and reading facial expressions, body language, social cues. These things take time and they haven't had that time. So I'm really passionate about giving that to them because otherwise we're gonna end up with society being run by people who don't know how to empathize with each other. And that's not a society that's gonna do good for the world and good for each other really so i'm i'm very passionate about getting networking to be taken seriously and i think that's probably my biggest barrier but it's what it what it lights a fire in us at the same time which 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 is good i think that's a good thing to have that kind of passion about it
0: i agree completely just the soft skills alone of communicating and things like that cartoon out there I think it's a couple and they're on the phone but they're texting each other and they're sat next to each other
1: yeah I th- yeah I think
0: that's such a powerful image and it, it's so sad that you know we're sort of grown into a society where that's you know it's, it, it, it's phone first
1: yeah um,
0: exactly. so yeah I'm 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 all for you with with that initiative there um it, it answers my, my next question as well is apart from the the, the social skills that you, you've talked about what sort of barriers are stopping say young people from networking obviously we've had the pandemic but do you think it's more social skills or do you think there's other elements at play
1: um i think it's a lot yeah social skills technology you know and confidence a lot of a lot of it it comes down to confidence to fear um because because they're so reliant and used to being able to communicate through technology where they can edit themselves the idea of having an in real time live conversation really really scares them scares them and worries them and to the point where they just rather not do it and you know adults this isn't just young people this is any age group really especially after what's happened there's a brilliant book called reclaiming conversation by a lady called sherry turkle who's an mit professor and there's so much research out there into and she talks about you know how young people have a genuine fear of having conversations and in the states some schools now have conversation classes where they teach young people how to have a conversation because they don't know how to do it and that you know i'm lucky that i i'm like probably the last generation that grew up pre mobile phones pre the internet i remember you know i used to go out and play with my friends in the street and build dens and do whatever and that's where you learn the social skills that have carried us through whereas next generation coming on they haven't had that time so they don't have those skills and unless we teach them then as i say the next generation coming through they're not going to be able to do it so asking young people or asking anyone to go into a room full of strangers and just talk to people might as well ask them to go swimming with sharks or like jump off an airplane or whatever it's genuinely terrifying for them and it's not their fault but it needs it needs to be addressed. we need to help them, so, yeah, again, I'll go off on the rant about this, Carl. This is like we need to change the world <laughs> But yeah, I think you know you can't we can't expect young people to just suddenly know how to network without giving them the tools and the skills that they need to be able to do it. Do it comfortably, do it confidently, and not wanna not wanna cry, you know, at the thought of it
0: yeah there is a um we've had a few interns over the years and, and it's scary to see the the, the lack of social skills and in, and in, in some of these young students
1: even just talking um, on the phone some young people like asking them to speak on the phone not a mobile phone but an actual landline telephone where they can't see who's ringing scares the life out of them and again it's not their fault um yeah
0: yeah, we we try to support the interns as much as possible. We even did mock phone calls onto the yeah. landline.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, putting a funny voice and <laughs>
1: <laughs> rang the
0: <laughs> rang the line, but yeah, it's it is a huge problem, and I'm, I'm glad that yourself and hopefully many more are trying to yeah. tackle the problem as well. Yeah. So going back to your your passion of networking, um, why is networking so important?
1: Oh. Carl, where to start? I'll keep this concise, I promise. So, for me, it's there's so many benefits for networking. It's not just for businesses, for yeah, of course, it's amazing for finding new clients, you know, making new sales and developing your business. But for me, it's what it can do for individuals, for their progression, their personal development, their professional skills development, um, and what it can do for creating creating new ideas. I think networking for knowledge, for me, is one of the most powerful ways to network. If you go to networking events with the mindset that you want to learn from the people that you're engaging with, you will get so much more from networking. It will be so much easier to do because the pressure's off. You'll ask better questions and you learn from people. But when you network for knowledge, you also end up creating these new innovations and these ideas that you know i always talk i talk about innovation through conversation and it's what happens to your brain when you speak to others but also when you learn from a diverse group of people and that's something i talk a bit about in my training is network diversity so going out and networking with people who are experts in different fields because if you talk if you only talk to people that know what you know you'll never learn anything new Whereas if you're a techie, you need to go out and network with creatives and academics and people in industry and learn from them. And that's where these exciting new ideas come from. And you can take solutions and transfer them back into your industry and vice versa. And you can form collaborations and just amazing things. And the joy of networking is that serendipitous kind of, you just don't know where things are gonna lead. And that for me, Anytime time I make a connection across my network and I introduce two people and then like it could be you know a week after it could be six months it could be five ten years later you hear about what came out of that introduction and that for me is like that's to me makes me feel like I'm having impact in the world so now that I get to teach people how to do that for other people It's like this paying it forward thing where every person that then networks and helps someone else will then go on to help someone else and it just has this ripple effect so networking can genuinely change lives in so so many different ways i've seen it happen and that's from like people meeting getting married and having kids through networking and introductions to new businesses being formed new inventions being created ideas stimulated there's just so much that can come. And that's the exciting part as well. You just don't know what's going to come from it.
0: Yeah, it it is very exciting because you don't know where conversations are going to be leading to. Yeah. Um, has anybody has? sorry, <laughs> messed up my words. There. Has oh. there any, I can't even say it, proud moments? Has there been any proud moments that you've connected to people and you've just looked back and said, I started that?
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there's, like I said, like there's two people that i put together that have had gone on got married had two kids and i'm like yeah i'm basically created those children they're like my kids now I'm totally claiming that in terms of like professionally oh i wouldn't there's just so many i think there's there's two women that i connected back in carlisle who at the time i remember saying to them i was like i don't know why you need to speak to each other but i just know that you do and it wasn't like an obvious you sell widgets and that person buys widgets and you should talk. It wasn't like that, it was just more of this gut instinct. And those two are still, I think, lifelong friends now. And I'm sure that they've passed loads of business between each other because of the relationship. But sometimes thats it's more like it's the person that needs to be rather than the on paper, what do you do, who do you work with, who's your target market? it's that individual and sometimes you just get a feeling about people and there's been quite a lot over the years of those um, something i'm proud of though is that i've never taken a commission from any introduction i've made i get offered them quite a lot especially when i was a full-time networker but um when you run a network you know people say oh you know, all kinds of different industries if you introduce anyone to us and it turns into business we'll give you like 10 percent of that business um, which if people want to do that, you know, it's, it's totally fine. It's, I'm not against it. But because of what I do, I made a decision at the very beginning not to not to do that because then it felt like any introduction I made thereafter would not be tainted, but it would potentially be or they pay the higher commission, so I'll introduce them to them, whereas then maybe not the best fit. So I've just never done that. And I'm proud of that. I think, you know, some people might think, oh, well, that's a bit stupid. You've missed out on a lot of money. But for me, it's not It's not about that, the money always. It's about, you know, every time I make an introduction, there's the right introduction that results in something wonderful. That's an advert for networking. It's an advert for me. It's an advert for what others should be doing. And it's come back to me a million times over anyway. So it's, yeah, financially, it's. I think it's definitely... It's the long game when it comes to networking, so I'm proud of that
0: yeah yeah I do like the the sort of moral compass in people where it's like yeah I could make money off this easily, but you know I don't want to because it's not about that it, 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 there's a bigger picture to it yeah
1: it's that short term long short term gain long term loss essentially and for me it was it yeah making those decisions earlier on and sticking with them um and I think it's it hopefully paid off, yeah I think it has.
0: It's paid off. I mean, I saw you. You mentioned before the the finalist for the uh, Startup Entrepreneur of the Year. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. That's
0: that's big news. Am I right?
1: That's awesome news, isn't it? I was coming back. I was in the car coming back from Edinburgh with husband. We've been to get tattoos, not like matching ones or anything like that. The one <laughs> to be fair, we, the ones that we we'd started, we went up like three and a half years ago, and then baby happened, and then pandemic happened. So we finally got up anyway back to, coming back down from edinburgh and i was watching the twitter live announcement video thing and then my name popped up and i was like oh huh? and i couldn't speak for like a minute i was like huh? I was like dave i've got I've, i'm in i'm a finalist and he was like get in and i was like i know it and then i just sat in the car for ages like smiling and then i was just like i'm a finalist
0: yeah like
1: that's probably that's cool that's really cool so yeah no that's a really cool thing
0: yeah, I, I love that uh, impression there. Just northeast impressions of excitement are just amazing, aren't they? <laughs> like, get in. Get in. <laughs> That's amazing. And j- I've just a few more questions, Jenny. Any more news to share? Anything happening in the next few months?
1: Yeah, so um the sas element of the platform is going to be like launching it's there, but it's not really properly launched yet. So I've got like a lush like animation video that's going to be coming out and getting released soon. And then the SAS product element of the new platform is going to be really kind of getting pushed out there. And um, I'm in the process of editing a new course, which is exciting. And it's a how to network in person. So I've been dying to do this course for like a year. And um, so now I can finally do it because people are about to start networking again with obviously. The news of uh, everything that's all the restrictions are going so there's a lot of events coming up that's in-person events which is amazing so there's a new online course that will be launched in the next few weeks that's how it's it's a mixture of a refresher for people who used to network in person and um, but obviously haven't done it for a long time but it'll be great for people that have never done it in person either they've maybe started networking online during lockdown and now that events are coming back in person, it's kind of, you know, the, how to read a room, body language, getting in and out of conversation, small talk, all the stuff that we've not had to think about in a year. It's all in there. So that's exciting. So that'll be coming out soon as well.
0: You yeah, know, like how to break the ice, the icebreakers. Oh, and... uh,
1: just how to <laughs> talk to strangers, how to speak <laughs> to another human that's in the same room as you. Yeah, all that fun stuff.
0: Brilliant stuff, Jenny. And where can people connect with you? Where can people find your courses? Where are you online, essentially? I'm
1: everywhere. So on LinkedIn, I'm always like, if anyone wants to connect, feel free to like get in touch. Obviously, have, um Twitter as well. The website is www.netkno.co.uk. Www.net, no, so and there's loads of, obviously, there's loads of free resources on there as well. Um, so there's a library of videos. I release regular. They've just come back two-minute networking tips every two weeks one of those gets released there's loads of blogs uh, but there's also a free downloadable white paper that i've written on the art of strategic networking and um, so that's quite a if you're a reader it's about it's about nine thousand words it's a bit chunky but it's interactive as well so it's a bit of worksheet elements in there so it makes it applicable to your business and that's on things like looking at what you're actually spending so return on investment from networking activities which is going to be really topical as we start going back out and traveling you know to networking events and things that additional time you need to make sure that what you're investing you're getting back so there's it's it's all about being strategic in networking so that's free that's on there as well
0: good stuff jenny that has been the purchase podcast thank you you've thank been a guys. super duper guest
1: oh, thanks, girl. <laughs>
0: So yeah, everybody watching, thank you for watching the Purchase Podcast. Big thank you to Jenny Smith and goodbye.